Ladies and gentlemen, HWA Radio here. We are back uh, to review the uh, episode two that we just had uh, last week and uh, lead into episode three, which you'll be able to catch uh, tonight, actually. I guess it'll be Friday when we're posting this. So, yes, tonight at 10 p.m., uh, be sure to tune in for the exciting third episode. Joining me, as always, is good old CR. <laughs> got to bust a bust a cold one there for the, getting ready for the show. Yeah, got to keep, keep the pipes while lubricated to do this show. It's a long one, I tell you. Uh, yeah, well, it's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to be starting things off with the exhibition match here. We talked about uh, Spooge versus Bandit. Somehow I feel this is going to be like deja vu all over again. But uh, aside from that, Yogi, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, this is a, this was a rematch of a very disappointing table match at the last pay-per-view. Uh, not that the, the match wasn't exciting. I, just by disappointing, I mean that the Bandit won. And uh, no one, especially UCR. I mean, there's like two guys in, in the in the uh, organization you can't stand. And that Bandit's definitely one of them. Uh, I, I, but I don't think anybody wants to see this 1970s reject experience any kind of victory. Well, except for old Hollywood Joe, who manages him, I guess. But uh, yeah, he's not uh, not on. Uh, let's put it this way: if uh, if I threw a party and invited all my friends, he wouldn't be there. <laughs> you got a lot of friends too, but uh, yeah, you can't talk about this match without mentioning a, spectac- a spectacular move that Spooge put together. Uh, it's a move we haven't seen before. We're getting to see some new stuff here uh, in the new age of the HWA, and the reason we've never seen it before is probably how dangerous it looks. A band that's on the other side of the ropes. Spooge rolls over the top rope, grabs the bandit by the hips, and proceeds to powerbomb him all the way from the apron onto the concrete floor. Now, a powerbomb like that on a pile of teddy bears would be jarring enough, but onto that painted floor, there, there's no padding. It's just a painted floor now. I thought for sure our first match was going to start off with a severe injury. Well, it looked to me like the bandit may have hit his head, which, of course, isn't going to do any damage because he got upstairs <laughs> to begin with. So you look at the person that was getting it. But, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty uh, spectacular move, very high-impact move. Uh, hell, I thought it would have more of a uh, an effect on the bandit, but uh, who knows? That dumb son of a bitch, he was just too dumb to be hurt. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, well, I mean, the band, as, as he is wont to do, is a, he's a slippery son of a bitch. There's no denying that. He did find a way to get the upper hand. He starts by punching Spooge uh, just repeatedly in the ear, and uh, that's, of course, painful, and it, it throws your equilibrium off. But w- when he gets in a stance, uh, you know it's coming. The east bounding down. He nails it, rolls Spooge over, and gets the three count. Uh, I give credit where it's due. Uh, Bandit's, uh, I know it's tough to say, but uh, Bandit's a tough customer. He's difficult to beat. Well, I agree with you on one thing. He, was, uh, he is a slippery son of a bitch with all the goddamn grease in his hair. You know, I think he washes it once a month. That's, that's why he smells so bad, for God's sake. But, yeah, he is double tough. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the, uh, the, 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 the match last week uh, or the previous week, uh, Booker Dude and, uh, and, and Vivacious Vic, uh, where it looked like one man had the upper hand and all of a sudden it turned on a dime, one move, and it was over. And, uh, you know, uh, credit to the band that I hate to uh, – you know, like I said, I – I, uh, you know me, I don't want to give the, the bandit any credit, but uh, <clears throat> he did get the win, and uh, I'll have to live with that. Uh, let's get on to this match. This, this uh, I bit my tongue. Fuck. <laughs> a submission match. Let's try not to do that again. Big Dick versus uh, Corporal Punishment. Uh, this is one of those odd matches where the new guy uh, had an advantage in terms of uh, the rules of the match. Now, naturally, the Corporal has plenty of experience dishing out the pain and torture, uh, but whether or not that would transfer to a wrestling match, it, it was it was just uh, it was something you got to wait and see. Uh, it was going to be interesting to find out uh, if he had it that way either way. 
Yeah, you know, this match really didn't uh, favor the corporal. He's not a submission specialist. In fact, uh, there were really the only two uh, submission-type maneuvers he was uh, attempting. One was uh, kind of a crossface where he was driving his knee into the uh, into the back of uh, Big Dick, and he also had a had an arm bar, a pretty solid arm bar on it that really uh, can dislocate that shoulder, but uh wasn't enough to get enough torque on it, and uh, I didn't have any success with either one of them. But, uh, yeah, like I said, going in, this wasn't his type of match. Now, uh, you know, put him in a... Uh, last man standing match and i think he's going to win that but uh you know it the the odds weren't in his favor that's that's definitely true the, uh just the balance and the you talk about it's not that dick has that many uh <clears throat> sorry excuse me has that many moves that are submission moves he just has that one that he is dialed in perfectly it's it's a figure four leg lock whatever you want to call it but uh we'll get to that in a second there one thing that was in fact uh in terms of experience was uh environmental awareness and this uh, the corporal's been through it all uh but this was noticeably lacking for big dick uh, so many times uh, we saw the rope break uh, text flash up. The guys up in the, up in the booth heard it and they put it up there. And uh, it, we, we certainly, it was, sometimes it was warranted. Other times it was kind of questionable. But regardless, Big Dick didn't do a lot to help his cause by breaking the catwalk crippler uh, and then, then slapping it right back on with no change in position. I mean, do you think that Gazinia's head was so much into the match that he wasn't able to incorporate that logic? You know, I don't really know what the hell, uh, what he was thinking. Uh, and let, let's not forget, you don't always have to be. Uh, have a foot on the rope or be grabbing the rope. Sometimes if your legs are in the ropes, uh, what I mean is, you know, you're, you're crossing the plane of that rope uh, onto the apron. Uh, they also consider that uh, being in the ropes and uh, they'll call for a break in that situation. And uh, I think uh, I think Big Dick was just so overzealous to get this victory that he just wasn't paying attention to what was going on. Yeah, keeping that in mind, that, that, that's something I want to mention was the, the, the plane. You got to imagine that the, there's a, there's a, just a, a, sh- a sheet, uh, and th- that if you, if you're touching that sheet anywhere, uh, it doesn't have to be on the rope. And the, we didn't see a lot of that in, in the old days. Uh, normally, we, I, I even recall listening to one match quite recently that, uh, where uh, Joe and the Admiral were going at it. And Joe got the pin with the Admiral actually laying on the rope. So it's a welcome change. It might be a little overboard right now, but we'll have to see how it dials in. Uh, As the phrase says, everyone has their limits, though, and that held true in this match. The corporal was bloodied up and had already had uh, so many cripplers put on him, albeit short ones, uh, that when when Dick finally was in a position away from the ropes, corporal just couldn't handle anymore. He taps out, and the match goes to the Fugu Dynasty. I can't say that this is the end of these two, though. They they aren't normally rivals, but Corporal knows about holding grudges, uh, probably better than most of us listening or talking and listening to the show. And I, I'm sure Big Dick uh, hasn't seen the last of him. Oh, certainly not. Let's not forget that uh, both men were bloodied in this match, and the Corporal certainly did dish out his share of punishment. Uh, at least, by my count, two, probably maybe three of the unlucky sevens. Uh, I think if this was a, a, a normal match, I think the Corporal would have got the victory. Uh was certainly hitting the high impact maneuvers, and, and you know one one thing about it is is uh, you know Big Dick he's about about six ten or so, and he's got those long legs, and when you're when, when he slaps on that cat well, figure four leg log, I'm not gonna call <laughs> catwalk or whatever the hell he calls it, he, but uh, you know since he has those big legs, it's so much more leverage and so much more power uh, when when you've got that cinched in, and uh, once it was hooked in and, and the corporal couldn't get to the ropes. You know, the, the, the knee the knee can only take so much. And, uh, you know, I think at one point uh, you could even hear Chaz saying tap because he didn't want him to get injured. You know, doesn't want him to miss any time. Right. Hey, let's just chalk this up to uh, we couldn't get the job done this week. Let's move on. But uh, don't let them blow out your knee. 
Yeah, you, you don't want to risk injury if after that that much punishment. Sometimes giving up it. Well, what, what, what's the phrase? Uh, discretion is the better part of valor. Yeah, there you go, right there. That's a perfect case of that. <clears throat> so we'll look forward to the, those matches uh, coming in. Uh, those guys matching up. Actually, I would I would look for uh, the, the CSC and Fugu Dynasty to uh, n- uh, to clash in general after this match. But let's talk about the women's all those T's. You know, this time it was Kelly Boom and Gabby Lopez going up against Geisha Genji and the new. Uh, arrival poppy needles for her uh lots to talk about this regarding the new wrestlers and there's n- new looks here first of all uh let's introduce the new get new talent you got gabby lopez and poppy needles gabby is a lucha from latin america and uh, not entirely sure where but there's definitely experience uh in that's in that corner and also poppy needles uh, she's a little tiny thing and she used to run an opium den for geisha back home uh, always exciting to see new folks uh, to see in the ring. But speaking of exciting, I have to say that Kelly Boom has definitely been working on that body. I mean, formerly, we, we joked about her. We just said just a big purple sausage. Uh, but she's gotten tight there. Aaron must have been really putting her through the paces. Well, I heard that uh, during the uh, during the hiatus, one of the uh, uh, opportunities Aaron got for her was to be a spokesperson for Weight Watchers. So, uh, you know, yeah, she definitely has lost some weight and uh, probably been hitting the gym, you know, uh, probably laying off the sausages. Uh, so that uh, was able to drop some weight, and you talk about uh, old Poppy Needle. She's a little Spitfire, and uh, Gabby Lopez. Uh, she's very familiar with uh, La Tarantula. Those two have uh, tangled down south of the border, exactly, and a few promotions down there. So, uh, like you said, uh, you know, she may be new to the HWA, but she's not new to the business, and she's uh, wrestled for various promotions. And uh, obviously, uh, of the two, she seemed the more to be the more seasoned veteran. Uh, she has been, she's been wrestling, uh, for, for about, uh, I think seven years now, they, they said, uh, before she came up here. Apparently she just wanted to, uh, get away from all the, uh, the beans and the, all the you know, farting and all that. <laughs> so welcome up here. We, we have Mexican restaurants up here too, Gabby. So don't worry about that. But uh, as far as, uh, we like to talk about tags and these, these, uh, these guys are normally singles wrestlers. And as far as tagging went in this, it was kind of a mixed bag. Gabby and Kelly started out with some good con- continuity against Geisha, uh, but then Gabby got stuck in there again. Against the pairing of Poppy and Geisha working on her over uh, until she makes a diving tag, which is a very heads-up move, very smart uh, to know where you're at. Uh, what we didn't see uh, from the West Coast girls was uh, team moves. We did see that with the Fugus ladies, and uh, for my money, uh, that that's what makes a good uh, a good tag team. That's what makes them great is the the ability to come together and throw something double the double edged sword at them. Well, certainly, yeah, you want to have those uh, those double team moves uh, that that uh, you can. Uh, uh, maximize the impact, if you will. And it also shows good continuity. And, and, and one point I want to make uh, uh, real quick uh, when we were talking about the corporal and, and, and Big Dick, uh, I think Chaz had another reason for having the corporal tag out because let's not forget, he's one half of the world tag team champions and you don't want him getting injured, perhaps not being able to defend that title and then the titles get uh, upheld. So uh, that may be another reason. But yeah, as, as far as tag team wrestling, you really want to see uh, what you want to see, you know, when you're in a t- tag team wrestling, you want to accomplish three things. Number one is you want to cut that ring in half. Keep your opponent in your half of the ring. Keep them near your corner. Number two, you want to have a lot of tags, quick tags in and out. Keep the fresh man in or woman in this case. And number three, you want to see some double team maneuvers, as I said, to maximize the impact and to keep uh, k- keep your team uh, on top. And, and and it looked like Fugu's team was the better team here. And uh just didn't uh, translate it in the end. Yeah, let's uh, talk about the ending of this match. This is something we've never seen before. Uh, setting the scene, you had Geisha put Kelly in the rack. Now, at this point, both Poppy and Gabby jump in. Uh, Gabby looking to break the move, and Poppy just trying to stop her from breaking it. Uh, the move is broken, and right away, 
when Kelly rolls, she's rolling around in pain. Geisha grabs Gabby and starts working her over. Now, at this point, the count starts. Uh, Geisha is legal, but Poppy uh, gets the count by the referee to leave. So, so you know, you got to you got to get out of here. Now, uh, what count it was, or was supposed to be? I don't know. On the sixth count, he signals the bell to be wrong. That's a very odd place to stop a count. Now, ten is natural. Uh, sometimes you have five. Uh, it's an option. Uh, three. I mean, of course, the three count. You got those kind of counts. But six. I mean, how do you figure this, Cr? Is that some sort of Australian thing that he brought back over with him? Well, hell's bells. I mean, Jesus Christ, a disqualification in the in the HWA. Who's heard such a thing? I know. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, you, you let Joe help a team with a triple power bomb uh, win a title. You know, you've seen all these other crazy things happen, and I, I just think uh, the referee—he counted to five, and on the, I don't really think it was really a six count. I think it was five, and it was like, you know what, you're done. That's it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, now the only thing I may say is there could have been some kind of uh, maybe a language barrier. Hmm. I'm not sure how good Poppy's English is, but I always say you don't want the referees to decide the match. That's why, you know, in previous matches, uh, you, you, you saw Kangaroo Jones give a, a lot of leeway in a lot of these matches, especially title matches. Uh, you don't want them to determine the title. You don't want them, you know, it's about the wrestlers. It's not about the referee. Uh, but for, I guess he felt disrespected or felt like they weren't obeying his commands. And uh, he's, maybe he's just uh, used them to set an example to let everyone else in the HWA know when I am tell you to get out of the ring, get out of the goddamn ring or I'll DQ you. Well, that's uh, definitely setting a tone uh, for his uh, refereeing at this point. And uh, that, that's something you want to do, definitely. You don't want to be too harsh, though, because that, that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. We've seen uh, so many times getting involved uh, in uh, getting beaten by a wrestler and getting, falling down and having to get back up. We saw that with Kangaroo Jones. And uh, I think you want to paint a target on your back uh, like that if you're a new referee here. But let's get into the triple threat match. Uh, this was Steel Sultan. Goldfather and Manus Nutsack. Now, this was a nice little match, perhaps one of my favorites of the night. Very mixed bag. You have the Goldfather, tried and true veteran. Uh, you have Manus Nutsack, a young but hungry wrestler. And then you have the Sultan. And I have to say, I've expected a lot of insanity from this guy, but he gave us more than we bargained for even before the bell rang. He, he's coming down, he's grabbing his head like mankind, like he's got voices in his head. He's threatening the spectators. I have never seen that before. He was right up in that guy's face in the front row. Now, this guy is certifiable. There's no question about it. Well, I think he's not real happy about his change in attire, having to wear those half-assed MC Hammer pants he was wearing, for God's sake. I don't know what the hell happened. He needs some better ring attire, for God's sake. I just think he was... He's out of his mind to begin with, but you make him look like he, I think he felt like a fool out there, for God's sake. But there, there's no uh, – this guy, he's he's uh, he's out of his mind. Part of the reason Chaz loves him so much and brought him in, he's just – he's a he's a loose cannon. Uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of this guy. Uh, former tag team champion along with Katungi, they held those belts for a while. He was able to work with him, but uh, you send him out there on his own. Uh, God only knows what kind of mischief he's going to get into. Right. Still Sultan Insanity. Those two are going to go together like like bread and butter. Uh, what's going to make it hard for him, in this match especially, was getting a groove going against these other two. You got these guys who are skilled wrestlers. Uh, they know what they're doing. They know what they want. Uh, so it seems that I may have been on the nose when I predicted this. Uh, and while he, he did get some moves in, he spent a lot of his time playing to the crowd. That's something you can't do. I mean, he's new to the, new to the HWA and you would expect certain things from him. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta, be humble uh, for at least a little while. Uh, the, the same one as uh, he abused coming down. He's, he's what, what I say, like giving four middle fingers. I think I said, is, uh, fuck you four times and all that. But Godfather set him straight with a, with a bloody chrome dome, followed it with a pin. And I think we may need to find a more chaotic match type for the Sultan to shine. And I, I'm sure there's, there, there's some matches that you might be able to recommend. 
Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him use uh, like a, a extreme or a, a, a hardcore match where he can grab some weapons and beat the crap out of people. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the old Sultan. And, and one thing uh, that, that I noticed, and it was a question that I had, uh, when when someone was making a pin, there was no attempt to break up that pin. That's true. And uh, so, so what you saw was somebody using their noggin thinking, hey, if we can get this guy out, then it's just time to the two of us and we'll settle it uh, man to man. So uh, uh, it didn't surprise me that that happened. I was looking for that to happen, but I was uh, curious to see if it would happen. And, uh, yeah, the Sultan, he needs, uh, I don't know, he needs new pants. <laughs> We're going to have to see. I know he borrowed his uh, former attire from the Iron Sheik. Maybe we can get, a, get him to loan it to us again uh, or just bust in his house and steal it. Who knows? <laughs> With that guy, probably, he'd probably have more respect for you if you, if you just did that. But uh, the Goldfather... And Manus, they had quite a battle after the Sultan left. Now, Goldie took a pounding from both, uh, both himself and, uh, from the, from Manus, like him himself with a missed suicide dive, just flew right out the ring onto the floor. That's uh, not, not a, not a great, uh, depth perception on that one. Uh, but Manus, of course, while he's, uh, he just, he just pounded away on various moves, lots of, lots of, lots of energy with him. Uh, but he showed why he, he's 50 years old and he's still one of the best. He gave the chrome dome, uh, followed up a, a double chrome dome there to, uh, to Manus and got the three count. Overall, I have to say, I really like him the new triple threat elimination match. Uh, th- this is something I- I'd be looking forward to as regular part of the rotation because it's going to be interesting to see. You know, just stick three guys in there, three different styles, three eight different ages and everything like that. And in the end, it becomes a one-on-one match. So it's, you get, kind of get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, certainly a little, uh, very, uh, and, and the one thing again, uh, you know, with a triple threat elimination match, you don't have, uh, the situation that you have in a, in a, in a three-way or a fatal four-way where people are breaking up pins and the match lasts forever. That's uh, right. So, uh, elimination matches, I'm all for them now, quite honestly, but, uh, like you said, I really don't think they're uh, the Sultan's cup of tea. I don't really know what is his cup of tea. Probably, probably want some whiskey in that tea or something. <laughs> Irish but, uh, but, up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll give the uh, the Goldfather his due. Hell, uh, he's he, he's looking uh, better than he has in the last couple of years. I think uh, a lot of these people uh, really hit the gym on the uh, on our layoff there, and and the, some of the girls hit the plastic surgeon to be quite honestly, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, give me chocolate for Sultan. The uh, only thing, bad thing I can say is he's a uh, part of, uh, Bunkhouse Productions and, uh, that just, uh, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I know. There was, uh, Joe was having, a, uh, somewhat of a good night there. Let's talk about this match, though. This had not done none of anything to do with Joe. This is the Inner Horseman title match. You had El Loco versus the Gimp. Uh, this was the match that I was afraid to see. Basically, Gimp's first title defense in what seems to have been decades is against what equates to be a starving pit bull high on angel dust. El Loco, you lost both the titles, uh, or lost a title at the pay-per-view and also lost a chance of $1 million. You knew that Gimp had his work cut out for him. You know that this guy was going to, was going to be coming at you guns blazing. Well, yeah, we all know that Gimp, he's just a happy-go-lucky type of a guy out there. He likes to have fun, which in one respect, you, you, you like to see that he enjoys the business, but in the other respect, uh, guys like that don't make good champions. If you don't take yourself or this business too serious, it's hard to hold on to a title because once you get up that mountain and you're the hunted, not the hunter, uh, you gotta, you gotta be on top of your game. And, uh, yeah, you know, El Loco, again, part of those no good band of reprobates of the West Coast <laughs> Alliance, but we all know that he's probably the one member of the West Coast Alliance that I have the most respect for. 
Yep. Uh, well, you don't want to get huevos on Mikora. <laughs> but uh, the Gimp started off strong. I will give him that. It uh, could be expected. Uh, but once El Loco got going, he was just a blowtorch. All kinds of moves we saw. Even with the Gimp, uh, when he pulled the butt plug on him, he just kicked right out of that and kept rolling. I, I don't think that the, the, there was a variety of moves uh, was uh, – let me put this in another way. Uh, I believe that in all the HWA – you're not going to find another wrestler that can use the air with those high flying maneuvers better than El Loco. He's uh, he's a little guy, but he can he can get he'll be up on that turnbuckle and crossbody, uh, elbow anything, anything all up in the air. You just got to look at look to the skies. I would say. Well, you know, he comes from that style of wrestling, the the, the Mexican luchador style, the the uh, South America, the South of the border style. Uh, much like La Tarantula and, and Gabby Lopez in the women's division. Of course, we haven't seen much of them. I'm sure the more we see them, we'll see some of their, uh, they'll probably be using some of the, uh, high, but they're, they're quick. They're fast. They strike like vipers. And, uh, you know, from out of nowhere, they can hit you. And, and that's, that's what, uh, El Loco did to the Gimp. Exactly. And, uh, what was quite particular, quite peculiar about this? Jane, leave the damn dog alone! <laughs> Jane's playing with the puppy again. Uh, it was, the ending was peculiar of this. Uh, it was the fact that it came off the legs of the Muy Caliente. Now, the Gimp would usually be turned on and fired up by something like this, soaking in the pain. But I think the longer the Gimp's career goes on, the more that that lower back seems to be bothering him. It's given him a lot of problems. It, it seems to be his weakness, his Achilles uh, heel, so to speak. And the other wrestlers know it. Uh, they, they've been working his uh, his back for some time now. Uh, anyway, it, it looks as though the Gimp uh, just gave up, and uh, you got the three count out of that after the move. And that goes another belt goes off to the West Coast Alliance. There, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Aaron's got to be in his glory. Well, they've only got one title so far, so uh, you know, let's keep it to that. But <laughs> like I said, I picked El Loco because uh, not going to get the huevos on the car, as <laughs> I always like to say. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the talking about the Gimp's back, you got to remember one thing when he. Uh, He's not exactly in the best of shape. He doesn't work his core very much. No. And uh, when you're carrying around a, uh, a big old belly like that, you're going to have some back problems. Just ask any pregnant woman. <laughs> now, don't send me any letters, goddammit, women. I, I'm just making an example. <laughs> Drawing a, a similar, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> no. so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that would probably be his weak, weak spot. And, uh, hey, the gimp gave it, uh, gave it what for, but he came up a little bit short. That's right. Well, Let's put this match, sir. Let's put this uh, episode behind us, and let's talk about the upcoming one. Starting off, we're going to have a false count anywhere match with Snowman and Bob Zombie, two two brutal guys. Uh, Bob Zombie uh, in, in in better shape now. At least the skin's in better shape uh, that we'll notice. And Snowman, uh, Snowman's just all business. These these two guys, and with the false count anywhere match, let's just hope it goes anywhere. I, I really do. At least outside for a little while. Uh, they, I hope, hopefully they fix that. But anyway, we're going to have to wait and see what goes on there. As far as the pick goes, I, I always got to pick the snowman. He's, he's just, I, I picked against him in the TLC match. I'm not going to pick against him now. He's just, he's a powerhouse and, uh, I think Bob's going to have trouble. Yeah. Well, you know what I say? The, the snowman is the, uh, second most unpleasant man in the HWA behind the corporal. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Fuzz Pigman isn't too far behind him either. So, uh, he, you know, he would he would make a, a great uh, partner of theirs. I'll tell you, if you could put a six man team together, could you see the snowman along with uh, Fuzz Pigman and, and the Corporal, the three meanest men in the HWA? Jesus, I want to be looking. I want to be looking. Want to be cross ring looking at them. But uh, getting back to this match, I digress here. Uh, I'm going to take the snowman, Bob Zombie. He's he just moves too damn slow. 
<laughs> Could you see him outside the ring? I mean, gee, it would take him like an hour to get back in the ring. So I don't know. <laughs> he'd be crawling out. He'd be crawling back in. <laughs> By the time he's back in, it's counted out. But Well, they're not going to get a count out this time. But, yeah, I know. Bob is a little bit on the slow side. Well, did you know that Bob tried out? He tried to play some college football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what did he play? The guy who held the ball? No, no, Will, but uh, when they, you know how they run the 40-yard dash, they had to time him with a sundial. <laughs> or perhaps an egg timer from time to time. So his, his career was over before it started. He just didn't have the speed. Yeah, he'd definitely be uh, warming the bench. And with a big body like that, he'd warm plenty of it. So let's talk about the Extreme Rules match that's going to follow that. This is going to be the big guys. We're bringing the big guns out. Nigel Zark versus Katungi. I got to say, if the match, if the ring doesn't collapse, I'm going to be disappointed. It'll be very sad for me. But uh, Extreme Rules, these guys are just, they're, they're tough. They're they are crazy. Uh, Nigel Zark is, is still lost his mind over uh, losing Nigel uh, in, to prison. You got Katungi, who doesn't even understand English. He just goes out there and is brutal uh, they can grab anything they want from under the ring this is going to be a tough pick though um i'm going to go ahead and pick nigel just because he has a height advantage a little bit taller sometimes that's all it takes if it, in a in a over the top rope match uh that's 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 a big disadvantage but in, a, in extreme rules i think that can carry him through well let's not forget these two tangled uh i don't know whether it was a pay-per-view or it was uh, one, one uh, match last season or so but uh they have wrestled before and uh uh, Katungi showed incredible strength by uh, hitting uh, Nigel with the uh, tribal tripletta at one point. Mm. Uh, so this is going to be uh, two of the uh, uh, titanic struggle, if you will, <laughs> two of the behemoths of the HWA. And uh, I'll, I'll root for Katungi. I, you know me. I like to root for the crazies, the salt and Katungi. Well, not the duck, but uh, I'll go along <laughs> with Katungi. I'll go for Katungi. All right. We'll, we'll split it up there. After that, we got the women's uh, tournament going on here. It's going to be La Tarantula and a brand new entrant, Jasmine Brown Sugar Jackson, who I hear is very excited to be here. And we got them going up against Pretty Miss Scarlet and Trina Vanderskank, two women who have been around for some time now. And with that, okay. Oh, I got to pick somebody here. Jesus. Um, I guess for, since La Tarantula is kind of new and Jasmine is very new, uh, I think it's going to take them a, a time. And this is the first time they've been in a, in a, uh, a tag team situation. Uh, pretty much Scarlet, Trina Vanderskank. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick them just because of the, the experience advantage. Well, yeah, I mean, out of the four women, uh, Trina Vanderskank has the most experience. I think La Tarantula and, and pretty much Scarlet kind of came in at the same time. And of course, uh, we got Bron Sugar Jackson. Uh, Chaz's newest entry, who uh, he's he's very high on, but uh, again, like you said, there uh, there is that uh, familiarity problem there. How well will she work? You know, where her style uh, will it mesh with the uh, high, the luchador style, luchadora style of La Tarantula? Uh, hard to say, but uh, you, you know how I feel about her and barbecue sauce. So uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pick La Tarantula and and and, and the brown sugar. The brown sugar. You put a lot of brown sugar. You're making some sweet barbecue sauce. So. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be a match made in heaven. All right. That's a good combination for you there, since you want to slather them both up, probably. Uh, after that, we're going to have a table. The fourth match is going to be the table match between Concrete and Gluteus Maximus. Now, we've seen uh, Concrete's tough, man. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough to pick against him if I do. Uh, Gluteus Maximus is has shown a lot of promise lately. He's really coming into his own. Um you know what? I'm going with Gluteus. I think I think he's he's crossed the, the he's uh, crossed over the hump, uh, with the, whatever you want to say that to uh, to get that what he needs the the power the the momentum. And I think he can take Concrete. I, I see Concrete going through a table. Well, those last few matches we've seen Gluteus Maximus getting better and better, and he's just coming up just a little bit short every time. 
Uh, definitely a powerhouse, very, very, very big, powerful man. Uh, concrete to KG veteran. Uh, if this was a straight out wrestling match, I might go with concrete. But if uh, it, it requires power for that table, I'm going with I'm going with the glute man. All right, so both pick on gluteus on that one. We're going to be concluding things with the main event. It's going to be the television title match between Fritz von Stone and Roadhouse Roy. And if you're wondering, hey, this sounds familiar, it is familiar. This was, in fact, one of the matches from the last pay-per-view we had. It is a direct rematch. Sometimes the, the scheduling comes this way. But it's uh, Roadhouse Roy, some people say, was a fluke win against Fritz von Stone. I, I happen to be one of those people. I think Fritz von Stone is going to bring another belt home for the uh, the West Coast Alliance and uh, Roadhouse Roy. I'm not going to say Roadhouse was a fluke. He's a, he's a talented wrestler, but you, the, the, the KG veteran, like I like to use that term as well for Fritz von Stone. Well, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to pick anybody associated with the West Coast Alliance. And uh, <laughs> you know, for those who think, uh, and of course, I heard uh, uh, the old liberal lawyer was involved in this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Aaron petitioned for a uh, you know the the champion's prerogative for an automatic rematch if they lose, and he got his way. So uh, you know they flooded flooded the uh, corporate office with paperwork. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll take old Roadhouse Roy. Uh, I, I want to see him uh, hold on to that title and uh, see what kind of what, what color his jumpsuit is this week. All right, I think he's going with the the classic red. Uh, we'll have to see. I, I don't know, but regardless, that is going to be a hell of a card to, to look forward to. Some huge, huge men. I'm looking forward to that big match, <laughs> the Extreme Rules man. I want to see those two guys just go crazy. But uh, yeah, join us, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow tonight. I should say because uh, this will be. I'll put this on sometime in the uh, afternoon, so you'll be listening to it. Join us at 10 p.m. at hwarules.com. And as always, you want to subscribe to uh, Anchor.fm/hwarules. And uh, mark it on your calendars. I guess I, I'm going to say that too. It's July 1st. It's going to be Horseman Mania, the return of that, and it should be an awesome one. It's going to have an awesome card. I can't I, honestly. It's it's still a ways away, but it's always an awesome card when we do these pay per views. And of course, Chuck Ross will be joining me. So with that, do you have any uh, closing words? No, just looking forward to the uh, looking forward to the show this week, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, that Nigel's Art Katungi match. And if our ring can, uh, I, I hear it's going to be reinforced. So hopefully. Uh, It'll it'll hold up. And I also want to see if uh, Bob Zombie and the Snowman take it outside the ring and uh, give us our first uh, really good uh, anywhere Falls Count Anywhere match. So looking forward to it. Should be fantastic. So uh, with that, we're gonna sign away here. And uh, when we uh, when we return, we'll be we'll be back here next week. Of course, as usual here on HWA Radio. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.